My name is Candace, and I am a songwriter. I started writing songs at the beginning of 2008 when I was in my early 20s, living in South Florida with a couple of friends. About a year and a half later, I moved to Seattle, Washington, where I met my partner, got married, and we moved to Melbourne, Australia, where we currently live with our two kids. I've never done anything professionally with my songs, and I've written a lot of them over the past 13 years, but I'm still so passionate about writing music, and I've always wanted to tell the stories behind the songs I write. I'm really excited to start putting out episodes. But first, I thought I would make an intro episode to kind of explain who I am and how I got into songwriting in the first place. You're listening to Music for Cupcakes, a podcast all about a bunch of songs that I wrote a long time ago. I was born and raised in South Brunswick, New Jersey. I started playing the piano at the age of three and spent a lot of my childhood on the piano bench like many other Asian American kids at the time. I wasn't a prodigy or anything, but I was pretty good at it. And classical piano was part of my life for a very long time. I participated in dozens of competitions and recitals and music camps, and I performed for large crowds of people from a very young age. There's a lot of pressure when it comes to classical piano, especially for a child. Not only does it involve the skill of learning hundreds and thousands of notes to be played perfectly and exactly the same way every time with a high level of artistic interpretation, but as a piano player, you have to memorize whatever you're playing. And you're usually performing in front of a pin drop silent audience. They're basically just waiting for you to screw up. I won awards played in fancy concert halls, took part in public masterclasses by famous concert pianists. I gave full two-hour-long recitals complete with intermissions and encores. I performed complete concertos with live orchestras and majored in piano performance in college. But it was never a personal passion of mine. I hated the sterile environment of the stage, performing hours of complicated music by memory, the audience pin drop quiet so they wouldn't miss a single mistake. I was good at memorizing the notes and interpreting them in artistic ways, but I wasn't good at sight reading and I wasn't good at improv. So basically, I was only good at one very specific thing. But if you asked me to play the latest top 40 song on the piano and sing to it, I couldn't do that. And that was really frustrating. I felt a lack of full-on creativity. Sure, I enjoyed aspects of it. I liked being really good at something and being recognized for it. I learned a lot about music in general, about classical theory, and how to express myself with music. I also learned some really important life lessons, like how to keep going after a botched performance, or how to stay calm even when I've really screwed up in a recital. I had wonderful, amazing teachers who really believed in me and my artistic abilities. I met really cool, talented musicians and made some great friendships. 
but the piano wasn't something I really loved. So after college, I quit. The piano wasn't the only instrument I played. When I was 11 or 12, my parents were like, all right, it's time for you to start learning your second instrument. And they gave me a choice between the violin, the cello, and the flute, because those were like the instruments that other Asian American piano kids are also good at. I chose the violin and I was okay at it. I definitely started too late to be really good. And the violin is such a competitive instrument. But I was able to play in the school orchestras, and I was decent enough. Like, I was good enough to now be able to watch a movie and get really annoyed when an actor is clearly not playing their stringed instrument. By the way, that's a recording of me totally goofing off. That's not my best violin playing. <laughs> or is it? When I was around 12 years old, my family moved from New Jersey to Michigan where I continued my musical studies, but I was also starting to gain interest in writing music. I had recently watched a little movie called Titanic. James Horner wrote an exquisite soundtrack. The music was absolutely life-changing. I suddenly had a new obsession with movie soundtracks and scores and I felt so inspired to someday write music of my own. I did write a few orchestral pieces, but without the aid of technology, it was hard to hear what a piece really sounded like. I tried to get my high school orchestra to play one of my pieces for fun, but nothing really happened with it. Singing was also a huge part of my life, but not in the way I wanted it to be. For about as long as I can remember, I've always wanted a good singing voice. Clear, strong, with vibrato. I feel like even if you have a mediocre voice, if you can sing with a vibrato, somehow it sounds more impressive. My mom is a well-known choir director, and I always had the opportunity to sing in her choirs. I was kind of trained to do well in that environment. Growing up, I was always told that I had a good voice for choir, which means blending in with your surroundings. Singing in a classical choir is a lot different than singing as a soloist or in a show choir, because you need to sing a certain way. You can't stick out. Growing up, I sang in great community and school choirs, but never got good solos. I got group solos where, again, I had to blend in with the other soloists. And I was never ever cast in school musicals, even though I would have given an arm and a leg just to be the understudy of a chorus member. I auditioned for every musical I could, but I never even made the callbacks. I wasn't good. During my senior year of high school, I was absolutely wrecked because we were doing my favorite musical, Les Mis, and because I was a senior, there was a better chance that I'd at least make the chorus. 
and maybe like a 1% chance that I get to play my all-time favorite character, Eponine. But I didn't make anything, and I was heartbroken. Most of my friends got to be in it, and it sounds really petty, but it was a hard time for me. Anyway, I ended up playing the piano in the pit orchestra for Les Mis, which was actually one of my favorite high school experiences, simultaneously during one of my worst high school experiences. So it was a weird time. So I was raised in this world of music, but everything I was good at was actually not what I wanted to be good at. I was good at choral singing, but I wanted to be good at singing Broadway and pop music. I was good at playing classical piano, but I wanted to be good at improv and jazz and rock piano, which I wasn't good at. It was like this weird, disjointed identity of being a good musician while wanting to be a different kind of good musician. Like, so close, but so far away. Creative writing was kind of a counterpoint to my childhood music background. I spent hours practicing the piano, but I also spent hours in my bedroom journaling, writing short stories, writing terrible poetry. I was a pretty good writer, but I usually didn't do very well with grades. Teachers would always tell me, you know, you can do better, but I never could. Still, expressing myself through words was always something I fell back on, and it brought me comfort. As far as listening to music, my mother was a professional musician, and music was seen as work. At home, we didn't play music for fun, or put on the radio, or have favorite bands, or road trip soundtracks. Music was work, and when we put it on at home, it was almost always classical or religious. I grew up in a pretty conservative Christian household, so most of the pop music I was allowed to listen to in my youth was religious. I got in trouble for dabbling in stuff like New Kids on the Block for a bit. And then there was this preteen Australian blues guitarist named Nathan Cavallari. My parents were not supportive of that. But to them, Christian contemporary music was okay. During the first half of college, I discovered what some people might call good music, thanks to meeting new people and being surrounded by people that I wanted to be more like cool, indie, alternative. As a freshman, I just felt so manufactured, normcore, green, cookie cutter, unoriginal. I wanted access to people I felt inspired by. And the easiest way to do this was to discover alternative music, usually off the soundtrack of the television show The O.C. or movies like Garden State. I know that in itself is very mainstream as well. But the point is, in college, I went from classical music and Christian contemporary music to bands like Death Cab for Cutie, Tegan and Sarah, Regina Spector, The Strokes. I was also introduced to more indie music or lo-fi, basically unknown underground bands that it's like the opposite of manufactured pop. It's very raw, not always in tune, not perfect, not wrapped up in a perfect bow. And I really liked that after a very regimented musical childhood. Music suddenly felt more accessible to me. You don't need a good voice for indie music. You could have a wacky, eccentric mumble that wouldn't be able to make the school musical or the top choir, but as long as you have the right vehicle, you can sound great and your voice will make sense. 
Not only did I start listening to better music in college, I also discovered guitar tabs on the internet. And thanks to my background in violin playing, it wasn't hard to figure it out. Learning how to play chords on the guitar, it felt like unlocking the next level of the video game that is my life. I've never been able to sing and play the piano. Whenever I would try to play chords and sing something, I would usually drift into singing whatever melody I was playing. Whereas I learned the guitar afterwards, and it was easier to disassociate myself from what I was playing on the guitar mentally. I was finally able to sing and play some kind of accompaniment, and it wasn't too bad. During my second half of college, I got really into liking popular music, ironically, like Ashley Simpson, Avril Lavigne, stuff on the Disney Channel. Back then, franchises like High School Musical and Camp Rock were just taking off. Also, I was feeling a lot more stress with my piano studies. It felt really therapeutic to leave a frustrating piano lesson where I was bombarded with complicated technical precise music and drive home to the sounds of Ashley or Avril yelling about ex-boyfriends over the most simple and basic chords and melodies. After college, I moved to South Florida for a job as a teacher at a small private school. One of my jobs ended up being the school computer teacher, despite absolutely no background in teaching or computers. In the school, I'd gotten a bunch of new MacBooks, and as part of my job, I was supposed to play around with some of the apps, like GarageBand. It's silly, but this little app made it really easy to dip my toes into songwriting, something I'd always wanted to do. I could loop verses, layer harmonies, figure things out without trying to juggle sounds and rhythms in my head. Also, around the same time, I broke up with someone I really, really liked. An on-and-off-again ex that I had really thought was going to be the one. But it just didn't work out over and over. Overall, it was a good thing that we didn't work out, and we're still friends to this day. But it was still a really hard time for me to navigate before this particular breakup, I used to do not good things to deal with the pain. I used to get depressed and I used to self-harm. But during this breakup, I was tired of feeling sad. I was living in South Florida, full of sunshine and warm air and anticipation. I wanted to cope by doing something fun. So I started playing around with GarageBand. The first thing I ever wrote was a short instrumental thing that I called three-state theme. It was an arpeggio loop with layered vocals, some strings, and a drum loop. It was awful, but I loved it. I heard a choir of me terribly produced and out of tune, but I'd never heard myself in this way before. For someone who was always so ashamed and not confident about my voice, suddenly I was able to use it to its advantage. With songwriting, I discovered that I could write songs for me, for my voice for my not-so-great, weak, non-vibrato, childlike voice. 
I learned that I can actually sound half decent when I'm singing something written specifically for my range, my accent, my personality. Me and my new laptop in the smallest bedroom of the apartment, we pulled all-nighters together. I bought myself a bright green guitar, borrowed my roommate's keyboard, played with children's instruments from the school I worked at. I sampled sounds like it was an addiction. I wrote bad poetry and linked them to new melodies and fun rhythms. I experimented with tones and genres and styles and discovered that I enjoyed writing upbeat, catchy, childlike music about breakups and sad stuff. about the ex and the aftermath of that relationship, about new relationships, about a delicious drink that they served at my workplace. Lemon drink, lemon drink, cotton full of yum. Lemon drink, lemon drink, cotton full Everything and anything was game was absolutely liberating. I knew enough about music to know how songs worked, but all the rules I had been taught about classical music, having a good strong voice, all those rules were thrown out so I could finally use it to say whatever I wanted to say. It felt like I had been reborn after being in a cocoon of breakups and childhood expectations. I felt like there was a piece of me that had always been there but it hadn't been uncovered yet. Like there had been a part of me that I'd been missing, and in January of 2008, at the age of 22, it was finally gifted to me. I felt complete in a way. I named my band Narcoleptic Cupcake, which definitely wouldn't fly these days because of ableism and appropriation and all sorts of things. And in hindsight, I'm glad I never actually went anywhere with that name. I wrote maybe six songs at first. Really badly recorded, terrible production. But I was so eager to share my songs with the world that I didn't even give myself time to grow my recording skills or my brand or my genre. I just wrote songs, immediately burned them onto a CD, and mailed them out to my friends. But they were my sick songs, and they meant the world to me. Some of them were awful. Some of them were terrible. Some of them were the foundations of okay songs. After those songs came more and more and more, I even wrote a song for a good friend's wedding that she ended up recording and surprising her husband with at the wedding. 
and it was one of my favorite experiences. I volunteered as an intern at a local recording studio. I met other musicians, other songwriters, other lo-fi producers. I got to know the young local music scene of South Florida. Bands like Zombies Organize, Doomsday Pop, Call It Radar, Fantastic Amazing. I'm not even sure if any of them are still bands, but I hope so. I stayed out late watching shows hanging out in practice rooms, absorbing the energy and artistic flow from my new musician friends. I played a few shows of my own, and I valued every moment. And then, sometimes life takes you somewhere else. Sometimes you get pressured to make more stable choices. My family wasn't really happy with where my life was going in Florida and they strongly encouraged me to relocate. I think a lot of people assumed I was doing bad stuff in Florida, and I suppose it depends on how conservative you are when you define bad stuff. But even now, I really wasn't doing anything that I would call a red flag. And so in 2009, I began my eventual journey towards settling down. I randomly and abruptly moved to Seattle, Washington, where orcas go to have their babies and there's a beautiful mountain to climb in every direction. I originally intended to further hone my skills and break into the indie music scene. I placed a few listings on Craigslist for musical collaborators and I actually met up with several people to jam and absolutely nothing panned out. Instead of breaking into the music scene or doing anything productive with songwriting, I found a boyfriend who ended up becoming my husband, and I spent the rest of my time in Seattle working really hard on that relationship. I have absolutely no regrets about that, but there is a part of me that will always feel like I didn't fulfill my purpose. It wasn't a bad choice to settle down, and I didn't stop songwriting. I just didn't focus on it the way I wanted to, and sometimes this haunts me. Fast forward to present day. I now live in Melbourne, Australia with my awesome partner and two mischievous, adorable children. Writing music and recording are hard to come by these days, but I still do it. And I hope I always have the ability to channel my life into song. Anyway, there's more I'd like to say about my background and other things like my feelings about the music industry and why I never became an actual musician or a paid songwriter. But I'll save that for another time. Meanwhile, you can check out some of my songs at soundcloud.com slash If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. My next episode will be all about one of my very first actual songs, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.